There's no question that the past two years have been exhausting for us all, with law departments around the world really feeling the pressure. We know their workloads are continuing to increase, and many are at the same time experiencing a decrease in their budgets. So certainly one might argue that the expression doing more for less has never been more true. And while we may be finally moving beyond this global pandemic, maybe a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, employees are still struggling with balancing that personal and professional obligations, right? People are thinking about how they can work from home. Many are rethinking their career goals and ultimately reevaluating the meaning of work satisfaction. We know this to be called the great resignation era. But our people are our greatest asset and keeping people engaged and motivated is key to achieving results. Today, I'm excited to be speaking with Kyla Sandwit, the fellow legal ops consultant and founder of DeNovo Inc. Kyla has a particular expertise in leadership and team engagement and frequently delivers training programs to law firms and in-house counsel associations on the topic. Kyla, thanks so much for joining me today. So let's start here. How do we even know if we have an engagement problem, especially when many of us are still working remotely with limited or no opportunities to really engage in person? We are ultimately missing those hallway chats, those hallway heart-to-hearts that perhaps we used to have. So what are some red flags that we should be looking out for that will help us to identify if we have any engagement challenges? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question, and, and you're absolutely right. It's exacerbated by this not being able to see people face to face on a regular basis. Um, I think it's important to recognize first that the signs might be different for each employee. So you know, you you might look for things like your most vocal employees have gone quiet. Um, sometimes this is misinterpreted, like you know, as if things are going great now and they don't have you know any issues um, to raise, but Sometimes that's a sign of disengagement. Things like absenteeism, um, spending more time off camera in virtual meetings can be another sign. Uh, poor performance generally, you know, that's, that's something that's not, um, you know, not par for the course for that particular employee. Um, it can also look like an unwillingness to take on challenging work or take on additional work. Um, these are all indicia of lack of engagement, but I think it's really important to recognize that We've been grappling with lack of employee engagement as a business risk for some time. Um, and as you pointed out, that's been exacerbated by the pandemic, by you know the great resignation era and so on. And I think because of the pandemic and losing that in-person connection, it's harder to gauge what these behaviors actually mean right now. Um, it could be that your employee is engaged in their work and committed but there's other barriers or responsibilities that are preventing them from taking on challenging projects or that may cause absenteeism. So I think it's important to look for the root causes of the behavior and solve for those rather than sort of making that assumption that our employees are disengaged because of the behaviors that you're seeing, because it might be something else. Well, thank you, Kyla. I mean, there's no question that there's a sense of urgency to address these challenges, right? Frustrations tend to grow and spread like wildfire. And maybe we are seeing the light at the end of the the tunnel, Um, but whatever lies ahead for us, what can we do to continue to bring our teams along with us? How do we motivate them when everybody is frankly just tired? How do we keep moving forward? Yeah. Yeah. I think 
the careful management of resources at this time is really, really important. So I think it's important when you're looking at this, at this kind of stuff is to solve for the root cause or causes of whatever disengagement that you're seeing within your, your particular organization. So the, the pandemic has impacted each business differently. Each business unit, each team, and each individual has been impacted differently. So we're all weathering the same storm, but some of us are, you know, weathering it in yachts while others are in sort of dinghies and taking on water. Um, so I think we need to start off with being mindful that there is no one size fits all solution to this. Um, and the work of solving for the root cause of within your organization, the heavy lifting, I think should be done and, and happening at the smaller business units or team level. You can have organizational surveys that can, can be effective in measuring sort of that general level of engagement across the organization. But the real work happens by engaging your team and the individuals within, you know, within that smaller team to, to source the, the solution um, to, to the particular problems. Um, you know, from, from my perspective, you approach this using design thinking or other such frameworks that really force a deep analysis of the problem in order to develop better solutions going forward. Because as you said, you know, people are tired and throwing time and energy at solutions that just aren't addressing the root cause is counterproductive and, and sort of wasteful. And so once we know where the root cause or causes of the disengagement are, we can start ideating appropriate solutions for that particular group. And that might look like organizational policies, or that might look like additional resources or, or redeployment of resources. It might look like help, helping your team find meaning um, in the work that they're doing, shifting your team's focus to more strategic activities. Or your solution might involve you know, strategies to improve the interconnectedness of your team members, or the solution might actually be on a more personal level, helping people find projects that will help them develop professionally or gain mastery or build leadership skills and so on. But most likely it's, it's a combination of, you know, sort of the organizational, the team and the individual strategies that that's, you know, really going to help. I, I wish there was a one size fits all, <laughs> but ultimately, you know, that's what leadership is all about, you know, finding ways to motivate you know, your people. Um, and that really requires deeply understanding your organization, your team and, and the people within it. So Kyla, it's interesting to think about this as a, as a leader of a law department, but what can you do as a peer, if you're among peers to really help energize your colleagues, particularly without that formal authority? Yeah. I, you know, I really love this question because it, hits on something that I think is so important. And that is that lawyers, but you know, as, as lawyers, as people in general, we don't need formal titles or authority to take a leadership role. And from my perspective, there's one simple thing that people can do to energize their colleagues. And that is simply to bring the energy. And, and this is so simple, but when someone in the team or organization is modeling enthusiastic and energetic behaviors, those behaviors and that energy is contagious. So in the same way that we become deflated and frustrated after speaking with a colleague who, you know, sort of walks around with the dark cloud over their head, that mood and that energy and that behavior is contagious. And 
This is backed by some great science um, that I find just absolutely fascinating. And Sean Acor, um, he delves into this in, in his work um, and shares a fantastic case study about a hospital uh, that he was working with in the U.S. who adopted the 10-5 rule, which is that when you walk within 10 feet of someone, whether it's a patient or coworker, you make eye contact and you smile. And within five feet, you say hello. And not surprisingly, many of the doctors and staff were skeptical and, and didn't choose to participate. But because our brains are tied together via mirror neurons, the people within the organization, within the hospital, who made eye contact and smiled and said hello, the more they did that, the more these skeptical colleagues and patients alike began to mirror that behavior. And what was also incredible was the long-term impact that this had on things like patient satisfaction with the care, um, on the patient's likelihood to recommend the hospital. Um, it increased the un unique number of, or the, the unique patient visits. And it had a significant impact on uh, practice, practice provider scores. So something so small as smiling and saying hello and those kinds of things can bring about some incredible shifts within the organization. So bring the energy um, and anyone in the organization can do that. You don't need a title and you don't need authority for that. Now, finally, Kyla, I'm, I'm sure there are really obvious behaviors. In fact, we all know what those probably are that will really demotivate individuals and teams. But do you have any thoughts on those less obvious actions that leaders should avoid? Yeah, I think, I mean, some of the behaviors like micromanaging and shaming and, you know, sort of other toxic behaviors, those are, those are definite demotivators. But one of the less obvious actions um, isn't so much an action, but a, a mindset. And that mindset is to treat the relationship with employees as a transaction. So you pay them to do a specific job, and that's really where the, the relationship ends. And what this looks like day to day is, you know, the leader sort of having a lack of awareness um, or concern really about the employee's strengths, their weaknesses, how they prefer to be communicated with, um, how they pro process information, what their personal and professional goals are, those kinds of things. And this represents a very inward focus as a leader and, and ultimately means that all you're offering is a paycheck. And a paycheck can be motivating to a certain degree, assuming that, you know, it's enough to meet the, you know, the employee's basic needs and it's competitive in the marketplace. But the thing that truly motivates people is meaning and purpose and being part of something bigger. Uh, people are motivated by achievement. They're motivated by recognition, uh, the opportunity to master skills and the opportunity to take on more responsibility, you know, to advance and to grow. But when the focus is primarily on what your employee can do for you without reciprocation, that is incredibly demotivating for employees. And, and people simply don't go above and beyond in that kind of environment. So your, your people need to trust that you're in it for them. And that trust is built by identifying opportunities for re reciprocity in that relationship. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kyla. That was a, that was a great conversation and lots of really helpful insight. I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation and, and picking up again, perhaps in a few months uh, down the road to see where we all are as, as teams and, and as individuals in, in this great um, new era. Well, thanks for having me.